When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. Hey, Cricket customers. Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Phone plan streams in standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Our high school are making their way to the youth lounge, middle school making their way to the training center. Lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith together. It's at the bottom of the screen. Let's say it, y'all. I am unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest Church. I am in my year of acceleration, accelerated progress, accelerated faith. This year, all I do is win. In Jesus' name, say I Remain standing for just a moment tonight. We got to do some work tonight. So let's go to work, Bishop. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 1. Uh, on Sunday, I taught you that you were afflicted because you're gifted. Tonight, I want to endeavor to unwrap your spiritual gifts. Say, I was afflicted because I'm gifted. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. Brethren just means church folks. Say, that's us. I don't want you to be ignorant. In other words, unlearn. Say, Lord. Take away my ignorance tonight. Unwrap my spiritual gifts tonight. I am a weapon in your hand to be used for your glory in Jesus' name. Father, now take over my tongue. Speak through me. Say what you want to say, when you want to say it, how you want to say it. Unwrap people tonight. We expect a manifestation of your spirit in this place tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody sit. Amen. Give God one more big praise before you grab a seat tonight. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. As you know, we're in this series called The Holy Spirit, which has this subtopic, It's the God in You. And I want to encourage you to catch up on the first few messages on YouTube or Facebook or even via auto message in our mobile app. We learned on Sunday there's a treasure in you. Say, there's a treasure in me. Paul says we have this treasure in earth and vessels, and we learn that that treasure is the lessons from your losses, the wisdom from your wounds, and your spiritual gifts. Say, lessons from my losses, wisdom from my wounds, and my spiritual gifts. We learned on Sunday that you are afflicted because, in fact, you are gifted. And your affliction is in direct opposition to how you're gifted. The Bible is full of examples of this, and we looked at some on Sunday. We looked at Joseph. Joseph was gifted as a leader. He was gifted to administrate. So the attack and the affliction on his life was instability. Because the greatest way to frustrate somebody that's gifted to administrate and someone that's gifted to lead is by giving them instability we then looked at David who would later be king it's amazing David's story is really awesome because when you look at David's life David goes from being rejected watch this to being the one everybody wants to be accepted by 
Uh, you missed what I just said. David went from being rejected at age 16 because his father brought all of his other brothers in the house when the man of God was coming to the house to anoint a new king, and he didn't even invite David in the house. And then 14 years later, when David ascends to the throne, now everybody wants to be accepted by David. You missed it. I'm going to say it again. God has a way of turning the tables for you so that when you were the one everybody was throwing down, you'll be the one everybody's trying to get to. I'm trying to tell somebody back then they didn't want you, but now that you're hot, they're going to be all up on you. Slap your neighbor a high five and say, the table's about to turn in your favor. In fact, what's so amazing about it is that when the man of God came to David's house, they were having a party uh, of sorts. They had a great feast and a great celebration because the man of God came. And they did not invite David to the party. They did not include David in the festivities. And the man of God, Samuel, said, I'm not even sitting down until David gets here. In other words, stop the party until David shows up. I'm going to tell somebody there's some stuff you thought you got left out of. And God says, baby, I've been holding up the party because it ain't going to get started until you get there. Somebody declare this prophetically over your own life. Say, it can't happen till I get there. That's why God had to get you to harvest because he needed somebody that would have the skill to unlock you, the skill to develop you so that when you show up on that new job, when you show up in that new opportunity, you recognize why you are there. We looked at David. David was gifted as a pastor. He was gifted as a shepherd. To be a king, you have to be gifted to like people. <laughs> you got to be gifted to know how to interact with people. If you're not gifted as a pastor and a shepherd, you might rule with a fist that is too iron for people who are too new to your leadership. Uh, Y'all didn't hear what I just said. So David had to be gifted this way. So how was David afflicted? He was afflicted through rejection. The greatest way to afflict somebody who's gifted to lead people is being hurt by people. I'm going to say it again. The greatest way to afflict someone who is gifted to lead people is to be afflicted by people so that, watch this, you'll get to the point where you say, I'm done with people. I'm talking to somebody tonight where you've had some very painful and harmful experiences with people to the point to where you've said, I'm done with people. Where are the honest people at? You've had some experiences where you said, I'm done with them. I'm done talking to, I'm not, I'm just going to stick to myself. I'm going to handle my business because people are crazy. They, they, they will, they will turn on you. They will flip on you. Watch this. Don't you let the affliction make you miss the fact that you're gifted. In fact, the reason you had to deal with some crazy people is because God would later use you to heal some crazy people. Yeah. Say, I was afflicted because I'm gifted. Stephen, we looked at the evangelist. The gift of evangelism is really the gift to proclaim. So the only way, watch this, that you can afflict somebody that's gifted to proclaim is to shut their voice down. For some of you, check this out. The molestation was to shut your voice. The rape was to shut your voice. The, 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 what happened to you as a child was designed to shut your voice. Uh, you uh, Not understanding who was for you, who was against you, was designed to silence you. So that now you wouldn't want to say anything because you wouldn't think what you had to say was of any value. Because when you tried to say something as a child, that nobody would hear you. You're not talking to me. Uh, so watch this. Whenever you're gifted to speak, you've got to silence that individual. Stephen was afflicted because he was gifted. Look at the Timothy, Timothy, who would later be appointed by the Apostle Paul as a bishop of a particular region. And what's significant is Timothy, he is this now uh, young boy, 16, 17 years old. And Paul goes to the church. This is in Acts, around about Acts 16. 
Paul goes to the church and Paul says, who is this Timothy guy? I really like him. I mean, he's really on top of it. I mean, he's studious. He gets things done. He makes things happen. I like him. And, and they said, this is Timothy. He said, Timothy, come with me. You're going to come on a journey with me. I'm going to take you with me to change the world. Paul is like, listen, I'm getting ready to go on a journey that's going to literally turn the world. Come here, Acts 17, upside down. And he said, Timothy, I need somebody that can go with me. Watch this. That doesn't think they know everything. Sometimes the reason you can't be used by God is because you think you're an expert. So he cannot use you because you think you know everything. So he cannot fill somebody that thinks they know everything. You remember in the scripture in the Bible, uh, uh, there was this widow woman. And the widow woman was trying to figure out what she was going to do. And he said, get, your, get, get empty vessels and fill them. Check this out. The, the oil that she filled the vessels with wasn't the miracle. The miracle was the empty vessels. She could not feel something that was already believed to be filled. Check it out. Sometimes God cannot use individuals that think they know everything, that think they got everything figured out, that think they're an expert because they're going to confront something and face something that's going to challenge what they think they know. I'm talking better than y'all are saying, amen. So, so check this out. So he gets Timothy, and Timothy, he's like, Timothy, come on with me. Let's change the world. He, he circumcises Timothy, which is amazing because Timothy was, was a teenage boy. He was not no baby. Say, he wasn't no baby. He, he wasn't no baby. He circumcises Timothy. And fellas, at one of the experiences on Sunday, we just had a moment to say la in that experience that, that he was, I don't think you heard me. He, he, he was a teenage boy, not no baby. The Apostle Paul takes him, and there was, no, there was no imagery, there was no philosophical meaning. It's not a Hebrew idiom. When the Bible says he took him to be circumcised, quite literally, he took him and cut him. The issue some people have, watch this, is that they won't sit still long enough to be cut on. Because watch this, watch this. The overgrowth creates disease. You're not, you're not hearing me. So, so whatever cannot be cut now can be contaminated. Watch this. Whatever cannot be disciplined now can create destruction. So the Apostle Paul said we've got to deal with this because we're going to be ministering to people that are Hebrews. And if they know that you're uncircumcised, this is going to be a problem because that would mean you're not a Hebrew because only Hebrews bore sick circumcision because it was a sign of the covenant that they had. It represented the fact that they could be cut so that they could conquer they could be cut so that they would be able to be used and so God says I cannot use you Timothy unless I cut you watch this and I'm not cutting you when it's comfortable and convenient and the skin is soft I'm going to wait for the skin to develop and harden so that when I cut you it will hurt but you will remember the cutting so that you don't have to go through it again I know you to just shake your neighbor's arm like you're gonna shake it off say you're gonna remember this cutting you're gonna remember it you didn't shake it like you're going to shake it off. You were playing with them. Shake it like you're going to shake it off. Say, so you're going to remember this cut. Yeah. For some of you, 2018 has cut you until you are bloody. And you don't need to be mad about it. You need to be thankful for it. Because that cutting was so that God can use you in 2019. Shall use me, Lord. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Timothy, he's gifted as an apostle, a sent one. Apostles were sent in scripture. They were sent on specific missions in order to erect specific movements. Got it? So when you look at the original 12, Judas falls. He, he, he falls. There were more than 12 apostles. There were 12 ruling apostles who the scripture teaches us were the bishops. Got it? So who ruled? The bishops. There were more than 12 apostles. We know this because the scripture says that they were sent out two by two and it numbers approximately 72. So there were perhaps hundreds of apostles sent ones. There were only 12 that ruled the sent ones because even when you're sent, you still got to submit. Are you still here? 
So, so, so Timothy is gifted as a sent one. He's a sent one. He's got the ability to show up in nothing and create something. That's a gift. He's got the ability to show up where there is no structure and create a structure. He's got the ability to show up and pioneer a road. And people say, how do you even do that? And what would kill somebody else trying to pioneer? Timothy was like, oh, I just did this, 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 and this. See, when you're gifted, stuff that's difficult for others will be simple for you. Stuff that would make other people lose their mind. You will look at it and say, that ain't nothing. Somebody say, I'm gifted. Say it like you mean it. Say, I'm gifted. So Timothy's gifted as an apostle. He's gifted to lay foundation. So how was he afflicted? His foundation. He was abandoned by his father. His father was a Greek. His mother was a Hebrew. Let me contemporize it for you. His mama went to church. His daddy didn't. Got it? Okay. His, his daddy... While they were at church, his daddy was handling some other business. Come on, read in between the lines so I can move on. Say other business. Yeah, yeah. He, he was handling other business while, while they were at church. Got it. And, and his father's nowhere to be found. So when Paul finds him, he was like, well, well for him to be this way, his father would have had to be here. Who, who's his father? Who, who made him like this? We don't know where he's at. Well, who did this for him? Oh, it was his mother and his grandmother. No, Eunice and Lois. They kept him at the church. Because they said, I can't watch this. Every single mama, thank God for you, but you can't make a man. He's got to be around a man because it takes iron to sharpen iron. You, you do a phenomenal job, single mamas, but you need to get your sons involved in church. You need to get your sons serving. You got to get them around men that can speak life into them. Check this out and check them when they need to be checked. Because single mama, sometimes you want to coddle them and you want to keep them on your breast. And so there'll be a grown man still on the nipple and not have the ability to navigate through life because you meant well, but you didn't realize Adam was made in the wild, which means a man's got to take some time to develop and grow in the wild. Are you hearing me? Eve was made in the niceties of the garden. Adam was made in the wild with the animals. Men are made to rule, reign, conquer, and subdue. And they won't rule, reign, conquer, and subdue if you're doing this to them. That's my baby. That's a grown man. Stop that. You, okay, y'all ain't going to talk to me. I... Let's move on. Timothy. Paul finds him. And Timothy, Timothy, Timothy's like, okay, let's go. He gives him service and all that. Now, check this out. From that moment, Timothy serves Paul in such a way that the connection that's developed turns from more to a servant and a leader to a father and a son. He says, he says Timothy, he says, you're, you're not just somebody that serves me. You're my son. But check this out. Timothy's gifted as a sent one. How is he afflicted? Watch this. He's afflicted with abandonment. Because watch this. When you're a pioneer... And you're navigating through territory where, watch this, you're often found standing by yourself. It's easy to abandon ship because you're pioneering something people don't even know they need yet. Come on, come on, come on. Watch this. See, see, when you're gifted as an apostle, watch this, legit. When you're gifted apostolically legit, you can't just abandon what you've labored for. 
because you're a pioneer. So even though it'd be easy to just drop it and abandon it, when you're gifted this way, you have to see things through to the end. So how was uh, Timothy afflicted? With abandonment. He saw somebody drop him so the enemy would hope he'd pick up that lifestyle and start starting stuff and not finish anything. But I want to preach to somebody tonight where that's been the story of your life. You start but you don't complete. You start but you don't finish. I come against that spirit tonight in the name of Jesus and I declare that whatever you start you shall complete. Somebody say I'm a finisher. You didn't say it like you mean it. Say I'm a finisher. Gone are the days for you where you started and you stopped, and you started and you stopped, and you stopped. That's been somebody's whole life. Your whole life is a string of incomplete things. But tonight, I declare that's turning. Y'all like. I said, I declare that's turning around for somebody tonight. If that's you, holler, yeah. Watch, watch, watch. Gifted, afflicted. Gifted, afflicted. Listen to me. Wherever you are afflicted, it's in direct opposition to how you're gifted. Okay, can, can, can I unwrap you tonight? Wherever you are afflicted is in direct opposition to how you are gifted. That's why, watch this, watch this. Don't take it personal. The, the issue many folk have is they take their affliction personal. Not realizing the affliction, watch this, would come against anybody gifted like you. That's why you got to find other eagles that know how to fly through the affliction. And I'm here to tell you, you sit next to some tonight. Somebody say, don't take it personal. Monica said, don't take it personal. It's just one of them days. Just been one of them lives that a gifted person goes through. So we learned on Sunday, spiritual gifts must be desired. Say why? Because God wants to use you to influence one of seven areas of society. There are seven areas that break down the entire culture, the entire society. They are family, media, church, arts and entertainment, government, education, and business. Now, the goal of all seven of these spheres. Now, how many of us are in one of those spheres? That should be everybody. If your hand don't go up, come get prayer. That's all of us. Say that's all of us. Now, the ultimate goal is building the church because that's the only thing Jesus is building. Can, can I make an announcement to you? Jesus ain't building your IRA. Jesus is, I'm not saying it's wrong for doing that. What I'm saying is that's not what Jesus' goal is. Jesus isn't trying to get you a new house in the birds. Not saying anything's wrong with that. That's not what he's doing. Jesus is not trying to get you booed up. Only LMA trying to do that. It's quiet in the church. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Okay, okay, okay. But I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build, say it with me, my church. And the gates of Hades, or hell, shall not prevail. Well, who's the church? We are. When we gather together, we are. Wherever we at, we are. That's what he's building. 
So, so, so take this out. You're in one of those seven spheres to do this. Second Corinthians 520. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though we were pleading as though God was pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God says from second Corinthians five and 20, God says, he says that I am using you in one of those seven spheres to bring people to me. And if you don't go there with that assignment, it will be misery for you. This is why some of y'all always swapping careers because you never do your assignment while you're there. One week you're a nurse, the next week you, you want to do this, next week you're that, next week you want to sell movies, next week after that you're selling. Uh, 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 <laughs> Y'all not talking. Week after that you're going to be a rapper. After that you're going to be, you, you, don't, you, you just got something. You can't even rap, but you know, just. Y'all not talking. Why? Because you don't understand you're on assignment when you're in a sphere. God says you're not there just to make dollar dollar bills. You are there to 2 Corinthians 5.20. You are there to get them to me so that ultimately the church is built. God says that's the only reason you're there. You're not there to make a name for yourself. Which is why for some people you can never last on a job long because that's what you went there for. To make a name for yourself. And God says you are bruising the assignment. Did you hear I said it? A, a bruise in the assignment. Watch, watch, watch. Desire is sown when you're serious about being developed. It's brought us to the second point on Sunday. Spiritual gifts must be developed. To be developed be, means being changed over time to be stronger and more useful. And I told you on Sunday, something can only be developed to the level it's submitted. No one in the Bible that was successful was unsubmitted. So your success is directly tied to your level of submission. If you are unsuccessful, it's because you are unsubmitted. I'm going to say it again. If you are unsuccessful, it is because you are unsubmitted. Period. Period. Because a lot of the issues you go through are because you're not covered. See, submission means let me get up under. Sub, under, mission. Let me get up under. So watch this. The stuff that should have hit me, watch this. I was covered so it couldn't get to me. And anything that got past the cover was, means I was meant to handle it and deal with it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. We looked at 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 2. And let me, and let me define submission. Because some people say, I'm submitted, I go to church. That's not submission. Submission begins where agreement ends. Submission begins where agreement ends. So you're not, see, listen, if I want to stand over here, that's not submitting if you say stand here. I wanted to do it. Submission is, I like to stand over here because I'm self-conscious about, self about where I stand. Stand right there. Yes. That's submission. Based on that definition, your neighbor just got their world rock. Because they all these years, they thought they were submitted. See, submission begins where agreement ends. It's not submission if you want to do it. Are you hearing me say? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me tell you something. Being a pastor, I had to submit to God's will. For I didn't want to do this. I'm just telling you. I love you. This wasn't my plan. I didn't want to be no bishop and pastor pastors. Oh, God. After pastor and pastors, I said, I know why the people the way they are. <laughs> just telling the truth. It's like, I'm not the one for all that. Like, I said, stop. I like, I'm not going to go back and forth with you. I'm trying to live my best life. I'm just not doing that. Like, 
I don't understand what you didn't understand when I said it last week. I, what you think is different today? Anybody ever had to deal with folk that did, just didn't listen? Any leaders or managers or stuff like that? You just, you know, and you walk in just thinking, oh, they're going to have it together. They, and you walk in like, what is this? <sighs> but I had to submit. And here's what submission was. I fought him for months. I knew, I knew January that year. I fought to the nail. I fought him. Like, God, I, God, you God, but. He's like, oh, for real? <laughs> and I like God because God is, look. If you have this image of God where he's just walking around with long streaming robes, just hugging trees and eating granola. He likes trees and probably likes granola, too, with a little almond milk. Um, but God is, God is a boss. The enemy was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Oh, you don't? Who else thinks what he thinks? One third of the angels raised their hand. He said, all the y'all can go. <laughs> Michael and Gabriel, get them out of here. Get them out of here. Who's going to praise you? I'll get a rock to do it before I tolerate your dishonor. You can get to stepping. Some of y'all need to do that. You only got a few days left in this year, and there's some people that should not come with you in 2019, and you need to go on and give them their walking papers. Get to stepping. Some of you, you needed confirmation. That's your confirmation right there. You need to tell them, get to stepping. And it don't mean you bad, don't mean I'm bad. It just means when we together, we ain't good for each other. When we hang out, we don't encourage one another. We start reminiscing about the past. Some of your friends, some of, okay. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Look, so I had to submit to it, church. I had to submit. So here was submission. Submission was, okay, God, not only will I do it, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to love it. Think about it. Think about it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to be excited about it. I'm going to have joy about it. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> Say submission. submission. Based on the new definition you have of submission, which has always been the definition, but it's new to you perhaps by revelation or illumination, you have to really say, have I ever even been submitted to God? Have I ever really yielded my will to his will? Or has it always been me thinking I'm negotiating with a man who doesn't negotiate? God's not a negotiator. Well, how do you feel about it, hon? What do you think? Oh, God don't do that. God is like, go and do what I said now. <laughs> You ain't on stage. You're getting ready to go on stage. Go, go, go on out there and do what I said now. Somebody holler submission. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, Father, give me the spirit to submit. Say it again. Say, give me the grace to submit. My success is tied to my submission. Give him glory for that right there. Give him church. Oh, don't get quiet on that. I said, give him glory for that church. All right. 
All right, so, so check this out. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 2 through 6, you see the Apostle Paul talking about this relationship between uh, he and Timothy. And he says, verse 6, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul rolls, Paul's role in Timothy's life is, is, is my role in your life, to unlock you and develop you, which took us to the third point, the spiritual gifts must be deployed. 1 Peter 4.10 as each one has received the gift, minister or serve one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Let's go to work. Say, what's a spiritual gift, Bishop? It's a supernatural ability to do his work for his glory. Spiritual gifts are not titles nor positions, although spiritual gifts can lead to titles or positions. Spiritual gifts are not meant to be a show-off. Spiritual gifts aren't talents because you can learn to be talented, but you can't learn to be gifted. Spiritual gifts are normally grouped into three categories. Write this down if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write it down. Or just think it real hard, okay? Motivational gifts. These are gifts that are built in you. These are gifts that motivate you to do something. That's what they're called. Second category of gifts, manifestational gifts. These are when God says, let me show you something. It's when God manifests himself in a significant way. Finally, you have five-fold ministry gifts. These are gifts that are used to build up the people so that people can build a church. Okay? I want to deal first with manifestational gifts. Y'all ready to go to work? Okay, it, the manifestational gifts are here, okay? Say manifestational gifts. They appear in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm not going to go to the scripture there for the sake of time. I'm just going to give you what they are. The word manifest means to flash. Say flashlight. But like, sing it though. No, no. Okay. But you knew controversy, but you okay. <laughs> All right, say flash. Okay, so flash literally is like that. It literally means this. It means to, watch this, to make manifest or visible what's been hidden or unknown. To manifest in word or in deed. These gifts manifest at the discretion of the Holy Spirit, normally predicated upon the desire in a room. Desire and expectation cause the flashlight to come on. Does that make sense? That's why spiritual gifts have to be desired. Because God says, I need to see that there's a desire in the room, and then I'll show you something. Okay? So here's what those gifts are. They're in 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to give them to you. The first is prophecy. Okay? Prophecy. This is preaching or speaking God's message with clarity and power. Say prophetic preaching. Okay? It's to be God's spokesman to his people. The priest went to God on behalf of the people. The prophet went to the people on behalf of God. It's a mouthpiece. Okay? It, watch this. It means to foretell and foretell. To foretell is to tell you what will happen. To foretell is decree something to happen. To foretell is to say tomorrow at 3 o'clock you're going to go to your mailbox and there is going to be an unexpected IRS uh, refund check for $372.14. That's some money. Look at, oh, y'all got it now, huh? Yeah. Okay. Okay, all right. to foretell is to say, I prophesy to you that uh, by the time you hit February 1 of 2019, God will have shut down every debt that was in your life that was not resolved by December 31st. You see it? You, you see that? Foretell and to foretell, okay? Uh, I prophesy to you that the person whose name begins with a J, last initial is an R to the person to my right, that that individual will be apologizing to you by December 31st. Not only apologizing, the money they stole from you that you didn't know they took from you. Are you catching what I'm saying? It'll be back in your hands, okay? Now, 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 again, if you need to check whether or not that stuff is legit, go look at the praise reports, okay? All right, now, 
Now, the second is called a word of wisdom. These are fl these flashlights, manifestation of this word of wisdom. Say word of wisdom. Word of wisdom, it, it works this way. A word of wisdom is released, and a word of wisdom gives someone instructions about something to do for the future. Give someone instructions for something to do for the future. Okay? So word of wisdom works like this. You're going to meet a person. Um, hmm, yes, okay. You're going to meet a person named Robert, someone in this section. You're going to meet a person named Robert. Robert is going to be a man that at first is going to repulse you. Uh, you're going to not like his personality, but that's because God is hiding something in him that you need. And so when you meet Robert, do not let your aggravation with his personality make you miss the conversation because Robert's going to unleash something in his power to favor you. So now when the person in this section meets Robert and they go see that and they meet Robert, they're going to know what to do. They're going to be able to act with wisdom. Okay. Then the next is a word of knowledge. Say word of knowledge. So here's word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is supernatural knowledge. Somebody would only be able to know that the because the spirit revealed it. Okay. Word of knowledge is this is you live at uh, 342 uh, South. I'm just going to make something up for the sake of broadcast and all that. At, you know, South Mockingbird Lane. Okay. And, and, and I'd have no other way of knowing that except the Holy Spirit revealed it. Say, say word of knowledge. Okay. So that, that's a gift where God says, in the event that there is a room of people in which there is a desire and a hunger, I will make myself manifest by giving information to the room that only I would know. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. The reason God does that is because when there's desire, when there's expectation, God says, I will manifest myself in such a way that you will know it's me because that person would have no way of knowing what they just said. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Y'all still with me? Okay. Then the next is the gift of faith. Now, the gift of faith is very different than the faith you and I get. The Bible says, and God has given to us all the measure of faith. So when you're born, we all get the same amount of faith. Okay, that, that amount of faith, and I should say really before you're born, because before he formed you in your mother's womb, he knew you. So, so, so when you begin your existence, you're given the measure of faith. That measure of faith, Jesus tells us how big it is. Mustard seed. Okay, that's the measure of faith. A mustard seed, although it's one of the smallest seeds, it can produce one of the biggest trees. So God says, with your faith, I'll give it to you in seed form. And what you do with it determines how big is what you experience. The gift of faith is different. The gift of faith is when God says, it takes me to believe me for that. This isn't something you can take baby steps on. This is something you're going to have to leap into. So he says, I'll give you faith to believe me such that when you look back at what you did, you'll say, I can't believe I did that because it's not in my nature to make moves like that, to take actions like that, to say things like that, to give like that, to sow like that, to pray like that. It's not in my nature to do that. So when he gives me the gift of faith, it is God saying, I'm going to give you, watch this, my size faith so that you'll be able to take an action you wouldn't normally take. If we're honest, our faith only extends to the level of our belief. What do you mean? Is that if you don't believe he's a healer, you struggle with believing he'll heal you. You struggle with faith for that. Got it? But if you've ever been healed before, your faith has now been exercised and elevated to a place to where you say, I've seen him do it. 
And since I've seen him do it before, can we go down memory lane? The same God back then is the same God right now. And I think I got some witnesses on a Wednesday night. Won't he do it? Got it. The gift of faith says you're about to walk in a dealership and your score is 422. When they print your credit report, they get staplers. Watch the gift of faith. The gift of faith will send you in there. And you're like, I don't even know. <laughs> you fill it out the papers. You just fill it. No, I want that one. No, that one right there. And the gift of faith, you just got you filling stuff out. It's almost like a high because you ain't even realizing what you're doing. Because you've been declined seven times before, but something said go. So then the gift of faith kicks in, and now you're sitting there doing something you wouldn't normally do. And, and, and then watch this. With your 422, the gift of faith makes them come back and say, you know, we don't normally do this, you know. You should be asking us, you know, we don't, know, we don't normally do this, but, uh, but we got a good deal for you. And you'll be sitting back looking and saying, how in the world did I get the courage to walk in there when I knew the facts? Let me talk over here because they ain't saying The gift of faith will make you look at the facts and say, I see the facts, but something on the inside is stirring me to believe that God can do the impossible. Say the gift of faith. It's the ability to believe for something supernatural that's outside of your realm of belief. The gift of faith to have you sign in business deals and you don't even have business cards. The gift of faith. And, and, and here's the awesome thing. We can desire spiritual gifts. So watch this. This is only for the radical people. If you want to see God give you some faith to believe him for something big, say, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask for the gift of faith right here and right now. Something big is about to be placed in my hands. Say it like you mean it. Say something huge is about to be placed in my hands. Say, give me the faith to believe for it. Give him praise Wednesday if you believe it. Somebody's doctor's report's gonna be turned around. He'll give you the gift of faith. Here's the next healing. Healing, watch this. Healing is, watch this, in which God, it's the gift to believe God to heal a person who's sick and then be the instrument to mediate that healing. So you're believing for healing and then be the instrument to mediate that healing. So it's not just believing for it, it's the instrument through prayer, laying one of hands, etc. Okay? Say healing. God's a healer. Say he's a healer. Any witnesses? Okay. So watch this. Why do you think you were afflicted? You, 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 you ain't moving fast enough when I say stuff, okay? I need you to move faster with me. Touch, so let's move faster. See, you were wondering why you went through the sickness. You were afflicted. So now when somebody says, I got a bad doctor's report, watch the gifts operate. Oh, wait a minute. In the name of Jesus. Ooh, y'all got to be faster than that. You got to be faster than that. For everybody that's ever had a physical ailment, I dare you to holler in here tonight because it was your affliction that did. When you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Why? I was afflicted because I'm gifted. 
so you were afflicted in an area. Because God wants to manifest himself through you in that area. Then you have miracles. Gift of miracles. Miracles, now what's significant about miracles is miracle uh, is miracles is to believe God for a miracle and then be his instrument in that supernatural miracle. Miracles is supernatural activity. Okay? Say he's a miracle worker. A miracle is when there's no other, we did a whole series on it, right? There's no other explanation except God. How this happened? God. Yesterday it was this. Today it's this. There's no explanation other than miracle. That's why some of you have faced impossible situations. You were afflicted so that when you see a dead end, you'd have the ability to say, well, wait a minute. I see that this says it's a dead end, but maybe it just needs to be pushed on because maybe it only looks that way when you don't have miracles. Because when you have miracles, what looks like a dead end, if I put some pressure on it, it might give way and open up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that everybody in here, watch this, has ever been afflicted with an impossible situation, you just discovered that that's because God wants to use you, watch this, to do the miraculous through you. Y'all aren't catching it. You're afflicted wherever you're gifted. So while these gifts manifest at the discretion of the Holy Spirit, the affliction you deal with is an indication of what your natural flow to manifest is. So the reason that you have dealt with so many impossibilities your whole life is because God says you're a miracle worker and I needed you to see it for yourself. So that when somebody else needs one, you can pray for them and watch them get one. And you won't flinch, you won't back down, you won't shut up. Because you'll say, I've seen him do it. The next, the next, watch this. I'm going to spend a little time here. Can I spend a little time here? And by little time, I literally mean little time. Um, the next is the discerning of spirits. Fun. Now, but discern spirits. This is discern, watch this, the spirit of God and the work of God. Watch this, from evil. <laughs> it's to distinguish someone that's of God and someone that's of the enemy. Everybody that shows up wasn't sent by God. Some folk are sent by the enemy. That's why when folk walk out, don't ever cry. That might have been a disaster leaving you. Song said, I ain't gonna cry. I don't know the rest of the words. Um, <laughs> check this out. Bodies die, but spirits are still very present in the world today. Some very prevalent spirits in operation um, that you see the person died in the scripture, but the spirit's still alive today. You see things like Absalom. Absalom was a son of David who tried to have a coup. A coup is an overthrow of David's government. And he tried to kill his own father, David, because he wanted power. Power will make people do crazy things. Money will make people do crazy things. That, won't power make people do crazy things? I mean, power. Watch, watch. The spirit of Absalom says, 
let me, watch this, let me get close enough so that I can wound. And David, watch this, is the king, but he's on the run from his son. Some of you have had people get very close to you only with the intent to overthrow you. See, they smile in your face. But all the time they want to take your place. Absalom was just a cheesing in front of David. But what he didn't know is while he was smiling, there was a knife in his hand. Behind. There's other people. The reason they talk so bad about your family is because they want to be in your family. The reason they talk so bad about your marriage is because they wish they had. Y'all not talking. The, the spirit of Absalom is very well. So, so what the gift of discernment does is say, you've been here before. I'm not wrestling against you. I'm wrestling against the spirit that's in you. And discernment will help you move the person out the way and say, what spirit is operating behind you? Spirit of Jezebel is very alive today. Spirit of Jezebel is not just limited to women. The spirit of Jezebel, watch this, watch this. The spirit of Jezebel rules and, and dominates through manipulation, deception. Jezebels normally act like victims. Until they've sucked all the life out of you and then they turn on you and you realize they weren't a victim, they were a vampire. Jezebel was married to this guy named Ahab. Spirit of Ahab is very alive today too. Ahab, watch this, was a weak male leader. It's prevalent today. Y'all say amen because I just, please say amen. And it's not just limited to men. Spirits aren't limited to sex, male or female. So spirit of Ahab was like, Jezebel was just doing her own thing. In 2006, they found that Jezebel had her own seal. Okay? They uncovered her seal. Here's what's significant about that. Only the king was to have a seal. Jezebel decided, I'll make myself equal to him and have my own seal. See, it was a woman, watch this, that said, I want my own, because her name means, watch this, never being exalted. So she says, nobody pays me attention, so I'll steal attention. I'll make up stories about how I was this and that and the other. And okay, y'all not talking. Be a good church. Uh, I'll do what I got to do because I need some attention. And because I need some attention, I'll get on Facebook and play like I want to commit suicide. Not because I want to, but because I want your attention. So watch this. The spirit of Jezebel sucks the energy out of the room, sucks the energy out of people. And all of your effort goes into trying to save them. But here's the trip. Jezebel never wants to be saved. She never wants to be helped. She never wants to get better. And in fact, I think some of y'all, the reason you've been so tired lately is because you got some Jezebels up in your circle, up in your life. They don't want to get better. They're just sucking the life out of you. But tonight, as an Elijah, I command the spirit of Jezebel to get up out of your life. Yeah. Jezebel. Jezebel. Je Jezebel, I, I got to quit. Jezebel, Je Jezebel, Jezebel was this interesting spirit because she opposed spiritual leadership. Elijah was the man of God of the day. She had killed all the prophets. What did she do? She shut down the voice of God. What did Jezebel say? Why are you at church so much? Why you serve so much? Why you give so much? Why you pray so much? Why y'all in there following that man? 
I said, Jezebel, right, 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 right. Because she shut the prophets down. She killed the prophets. And Elijah was the only one with the, um, I almost said it, with strength to withstand her. And Elijah walked in like a G. Elijah walked in and said, who? What? Why did he do that? So, she, so Elijah said, okay, Jezzy, come here. You bring all your false prophets to this false God. And I'm going to call on my God. And the one that answers, that's who's God. And here's, let's make a friendly bet. I win, all y'all die. You win, you can take me out. But I'll come back as John the Baptist, so either way, I win. So they had a showdown on the mountain. Somebody say the showdown. And when they had the showdown on the mountain, the fire falls from heaven, and Elijah then slays 400 dudes. And then, Eli then Jezebel says, he did what? So she sends a messenger to him because she knew she couldn't confront. Ooh, she knew she couldn't confront herself. So she sent a message by somebody. You know what spirit you're dealing with when they won't come to you. They send a message through somebody else. Y'all ain't really saying nothing to me. And so I'm not really sure. You know you're dealing with a spirit, watch this, of Jezebel because they're passive aggressive. They, they won't come to you. They send somebody else to you. They won't call you. They text you. They, and when you call them, they won't answer the phone. That's a spirit. And Jezebel, she sends a message to him. God, dog, I'm out of time. She sends a message to him. And when she sends a message to him, she says, I'm going to kill you by tomorrow. Elijah, who just calls fire down from heaven, the Bible says he heard the message, but the Bible says he saw. She created with that message fear in an Elijah that made a man of God run. God Almighty. God Almighty. She, can, can I borrow a couple minutes? She, um, she's a spirit that rules and manipulates through domination, intimidation, victimization. And then when she gets you close enough, then she takes you out. She was the only spirit, check this out, that sent a man of God on the run. So whenever you see a Jezebel, you know you're dealing with the spirit of an Elijah. Because that's the only spirit she could contend with. I know this is getting a little deep for you, so I don't want you to get lost in the deep water, so let me pull it back up here. What are you trying to say, Bishop? This is a spirit, watch this, that even though she died in Revelation, she's mentioned again. He says, I know you allowed that woman, Jezebel, watch this, here's how you know her, who calls herself a prophetess. She's a self-appointed leader. He says, you allow her, and then this is what the Bible says in Revelation, you allow her to lay with everybody in the church. That's what Revelation says. She says, she's laying down, and everybody she lays down with, she's contaminating with her dishonor. She's contaminating with her dysfunction to try to subvert leadership. So you know you're dealing with a Jezebel, watch this, when there's a sexual stronghold. Now, I'm about to preach because you ain't going to talk. I'm about to preach this, you ain't going to talk. 
when there's a sexual stronghold, you're dealing with a Jezebelian spirit. Watch this. In a marriage, a Jezebelian spirit won't put out. You're not talking to me. It, okay. It, when you're single, a Jezebelian spirit loses sex as a weapon against you to keep you in a bad relationship. Y'all don't want to talk, so I'll preach it hard anyhow. Be careful that you're not dealing with a Jezebelian spirit. Say, Jezebel, you got to go. And remember, I want to preach now, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It ain't the person. It's the spirit behind the person. It's a spirit operating in the person. Say preach, Bishop. If a Jezebel sees you on your way up, she needs to get you on your back. A Jezebel, okay, I'm just going, let me preach. A Jezebel can recognize on you what you don't recognize about yourself. So what she does is get you distracted and pulls you into a sexual, watch this, uh, 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 situations so that now your mind is so focused on fleshly, carnal things too much. Your mind is focused on fleshly and carnal things that you're not able to focus on spiritual things. So in the middle of the day when you should be praying, you're sexting. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. A Jezebel can recognize on you what you don't recognize about yourself. So a Jezebel says, I see they on their way up. I see they're gifted. I see they're anointed. I see God's called them. So let me wrap them up in this mess. Let me wrap them up in this drama. And it ain't just a woman because it's a spirit. A Jezebel can be a woman or a man or a child. Years ago, when we first started our church, and I'm gonna have to quit here. There, there was there was a girl, a, a lady, who was my number two. A girl, she's a girl. She's my number two, and uh, she's my number two. And uh, you know, I, I just threw everything. I just she she made it happen. And uh, and she was married. She had a lot of different issues and things. Sweetness up. She had a lot of different issues and things going on. Not that sweet. <laughs> Rougher. And uh, she had a lot of things going on. And make a long story short, the Lord said, son, that's a Jezebelian spirit. And I said, Lord, what you want me to do? And he said, preach about it. And then after church, put her out. I said, Lord. He said, son, if you keep her here. So I preached about the spirit of Jezebel that night. I wasn't doing series and stuff back then. It was Saturday nights. And we were doing Saturday nights. I preached about it. She was sitting back at the sound booth. Well, not that one, but a sound booth. She was sitting in the back. And when I mentioned the word Jezebel, her face began to contort. Her face began to turn. And she was about my complexion. And she was about as red as uh, this shirt right here. Or I got red on here. She's, she's, <laughs> she's about that red sitting in the back. And her face is contorted. And I look at her and I said, oh, we in there now. And I said, well, I'm too all far into this tonight to stop. So I preached it. I preached it. I preached it. And most people had never even heard of such a person. They were like, oh, I just stopped that. You know? And then as we walk out of church, he says, I know you were preaching about me. I said, I never said your name. I said, Jezebel. She said, I know. I said, well, listen, you don't follow instructions. You're dishonorable. You don't get things done right. You're causing confusion and drama. And I said, and I know your intentions. I just ain't called you out for your intentions. 
I said, I know what's going on with you. And I said, and because you have this defiant, arrogant attitude with me, I said, tonight's going to be your last night here. Her words, I ain't leaving nowhere I helped start. I said, baby, you don't know about me. You getting out here tonight. Her husband walks in. Her husband walks in. Her husband walks Can I just finish the story? It's about to bless you. Her husband walks in. And when her husband walks in, um, you know, he's like, well, what's going on? And he's, he's Ahab. And, and, uh, and so I was like, look, she got to go. You can stay. She got to go. Y'all can figure this out at home. I said, but I will not tolerate the dishonor. And, and she's created confusion. And she's creating mess. And I said, I will not have that. I said, we too new and I don't do mess. So, so that's the end of the discussion. But I'm going to call someone. So I said, baby, call Tyrone. Call whoever you want to call. But I can promise you, tonight was your last night here. Well, who's going to do that? I will, find, I will do my own sound. I will walk to the back, adjust my own mic, and come around. Don't hold me hostage. A Jezebel will threaten you, but who will do it if I won't? How you going to do this? How you going to pay for this if I leave you? So, 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 so that was that. That night, she went to a couple who had, who had given, they gave us, we were, you know, a couple months old. And this particular couple had given a certain amount of money, which to us as a brand new church, it was like, you may as well gave us a million dollars. I was like, praise God. I said, you know how much we're going to be able to get done with that? She, that night, she goes to that couple and says, tell the bank that you lost the check and it was stolen. They called the bank on Monday, Wells, and uh, I'm petty, sure am. They call, <laughs> sure am, sure am. They call the bank, sure am. <laughs> Nothing against you today, but they called the bank on Monday and they said the check was stolen. So we go through the whole process and, you know, I'm a fighter. So that's the last thing to do me. So I called, I said, uh, look here, what we need to do to go get that. And, uh, and so make a long story short, they did that. Then she got that couple and some other people. They had a powwow after Saturday night and they all, our season shifted. It's changed. We gone. So overnight, on a brand new church, half, half of who's sitting at the table is gone. And I was like, well, it is what it is, but I'm not tolerating that. <laughs> Years later, a scenario happened in a particular region. And I'm a pro man of God guy, so I, I'm going to be very vanilla in how I say this. A scenario happened in a particular region that created a big controversy with the church. You want to know the woman that was connected to it? The one that had I not put her out. That spirit not only stopped there, then she went, she started creating MySpace pages on me. That tells you how long ago it was. <laughs> you know, I know MySpace, right? Started creating MySpaces about me and all kinds of things and starting all kind of stuff and starting all kind of this, that, and the other. And I said, Lord, what's up with this? He said, son, when you confront this, you are afflicted. Because you're gifted. He said, this is a spirit that's very prevalent in the world today. And you're going to have to confront it. You're going to have to deal with it. And you're going to have to come against it. 
And I remember while I was doing all that, I was like, God, this is a whole lot of hell to be going through for this. This is a whole lot. And he said, son, if you don't learn how to take a firm stand against that now, when it shows back up, you won't know what to do. The spirit of Jezebel made Elijah want to commit suicide. The Bible says Elijah was sitting up. Give me a bottle. Elijah was sitting up, up under a juniper tree. Juniper is what they use to make gin. <laughs> ain't, nobody that, ain't nobody who gave this to me. You ain't sick, are you? Okay. Now, I ain't finna drink out of it. <laughs> I'm just touching. Elijah sitting under a juniper tree because of this spirit of Jezebel. For every suicidal person, I just reveal the spirit behind it. <laughs> Elijah is sitting up under a juniper tree. The Bible implies that he's drinking. He's the preacher. Sitting at the bar. Drinking. Because old girl got him on the run. For some of you, you're like, why do I feel depressed today? Maybe. There was a spirit behind that. Why do I feel so discouraged today? Maybe there was a spirit behind it. Elijah sitting up under the tree after calling fire down from heaven. Laid back. <laughs> sipping on. <laughs> Elijah says, Elijah says, God, I want to die. Because this spirit's got me on the run. This spirit has intimidated me, manipulated me, and now I don't even want to do what I'm called to do anymore. I don't even want to pray no more. I don't want to fight no more. I don't want to give no more. I don't want to serve no more. I don't want to love people no more. I don't want to do any of that anymore because this spirit's got me on the run. And I came tonight... I can't even finish the message because we got to stop right here. I came tonight to set somebody free because you've been up under that demonic oppression of the spirit of Jezebel. And you could not discern it. You could not recognize it. But tonight, in the name of Jesus, as an Elijah in the realm of the spirit, I declare that that spirit of Jezebel would be loosed off of your life, loosed off of your business, loosed off of your family, loosed off of your marriage. In the name of Jesus, if you believe it, Wednesday, give him praise for it. I said, if you believe it, give him praise for it. When you, when you have the gift of discernment, and I, I have to finish this. Dang it. I'll finish it. Someday. The spirit of Jezebel, check this out. It's not male or female. It sent a man who had, watch this. For some of y'all, you're real strong, and you're confused about why you're feeling so weak. You're like, why am I walking around, and why am I tearing up in the middle of the day, and didn't nothing even happen, and what's going on? Maybe it's because there's a spirit that's at work, and it's the spirit of Jezebel. The only way they were able to kill her is they threw her out of a window, and the Bible says... That she was trampled over by the horses and dogs lapped up her blood. Deinfestration is what they call it. They threw her out the window. The dogs lapped up her blood. Check this out. 
you can recognize a spirit of Jezebel. What does the Bible say about dogs? A dog returns to its vomit. Dogs lap up her blood. And then, oh God, I, I need to see how far I can push this. They lapped up her blood so that now, throughout time, the attributes of a dog would be reflective of the spirit of Jezebel. I, I won't push that. <laughs> the spirit can be discerned. You can see it. Your presence offends it. I learned something about me. That there's certain folk who can't even sit because that spirit has been peaked. And when that spirit gets peaked, it's fearful that it'll be called out. Because it's been taken down kings. It's taken down, if you read your Bible, it's taken down governments. It's taken down whole societies. And then you were born. Say, I'm the interruption to dysfunction. See, discerning of spirits is so powerful because you can see the spirit behind somebody. And rather than addressing them, you can address the spirit that's working through them. Some of you have too many conversations with people and you need to start having conversations in the realm of the spirit. And I'm out of time, so can we just, can I just teach you something right through here? For some of you, watch this, before you go on your job, you need to be praying in the Holy Ghost, and you need to be praying, period. Matter of fact, when you get there, you need to anoint that whole space. For some of you business owners, you need to look, watch this, don't just look at their resume, you need to sense their spirit. What's in you, what's behind you, what's going on, because watch this, they may look good on paper, but they may be horrible in practice. And it's a spirit that's designed to try to take you down. Elijah was suicidal, y'all. He wanted to die. He called fire from heaven. And he said, but this spirit here is wearing me out. I'm war. I don't even want to fight. I'm, I'm not talking to anybody. Where you, you had some stuff like that happen. And what the discerning of spirits does is it allows you to look at that and say, Spirit, I recognize you. See, you've been getting into verbal arguments with people. You've been getting into email classes with people. And God says, your fight's too low. Bring that fight up higher. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives 
to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All of those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this for me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do... I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.